Blog Talk Radio. Everywhere you go, and the human condition right now is 
is bad. It, it is, and it's and it's not a good thing. And there are good humans out there, and those of you listening know who you are. But the condition is terrible. So, um, I'm, we're, you know, and it, and I would greatly give the compliment the media on their extraordinary job of changing the population in, into becoming the condition that humans are in today. Uh, so that's what the show is going to be about today, and I'm going to get into quite a bit of detail <clears throat> to see how far I can take the material, and um, of course I'll be doing another part to this and so on. But uh, this show itself, Channel Down Radio, is normally every other Thursday at 12 o'clock Hawaiian time, but today I had to move it, you know, to a better time because of busy life. And actually, I tried doing this show last Thursday. What's today? Saturday. So I, I did, and somehow I got deleted, and and how and it was um, well, it's all right, you know. It it's kind of a blessing in disguise because I was less energetic, tired, did it after work, you know, things had to be rearranged, so today is a much better day for me to do it, and of course, normally, this show is every other Thursday at 12 o'clock Hawaiian time, but today, not so, and I will not be doing any shows uh, from, you know, September until mid-September, I will be probably doing at least one more before um, that time period, but I'm going to be taking a little time off, and I'm too busy for shows for half a month. It just, you know, radio takes a lot of preparation and carving out a, a time slot, and so I feel that it's best that I just not try to cram anything in until um, I get back on track with things, so that'll be at least mid-September before you, you hear from me. But I think I'll do at least one or two shows before September, and then um, we'll we'll uh, have a little break. But I mean, come on, you know, yeah, there's so many archives now. If 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 you're one of my dedicated listeners, you can always re-listen because there's a lot of information in these shows. And no, they're not incredibly entertaining, but they are um, information giving. I'm just a messenger. You don't have to like me, you know. But there is. Um, a lot of information in these shows that can help humanity. And if you know people, please um, help them spread the word that would like this show. Please, uh, that's uh, I am not um, good at doing that. Um, you know, eventually I will be better at spreading the word myself. But uh, one person can only do so much. And it, those of you out there listening, please, you know, get get people um, interested in, in, that you think would be interested. <clears throat> and then there's lots of archives to sift through. So. Go to the Blog Talk site, iTunes, Stitcher, and quite a few little podcast sites out there. Uh, just Google up the Channel Down Radio, and, and you'll find uh, quite a few different um, options to listen to the show and, you know, spread the word. And, uh, you know, I'll be back on in not too long. And so, and then, of course, I was going to have on the last show, I had rescheduled two guests for, um, then I think I might have to reschedule probably for September, but we'll see what's going on here. Um, but uh, timing issues come up, and that's just how it goes. So, all right. So those are my, my quick announcements there. And uh, well, this show it deals with the truth and issues people don't want to hear. We're here to get deep into the matters and the root causes. And the media is a symptom, but at the same time, a cause of the human condition. And the condition is not good. In fact, it's terrible. And it's about getting out of this mess, and most people don't even know they're in this mess. So don't expect to get out soon, because so much people need to understand quite a bit to get out. And so unfortunately, the masses are there in that particular place, but there are a few of us out there, more better than me even, who are doing some things about it and trying to help promote consciousness and awareness. And um, that this show goes deep, and, and most people don't want to hear about it. And so, well, you know, I don't really care. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm not here to give you a show that's going to um, uh, make you uh, feel full of fluff and, and lighthearted. That's, that's not what the show is about. We're chanting down the system. We're chanting down your programming. We're taking a look at it, and we're trying to be free. Ultimately, it is about being happy and free. So, actually, it is positive, and it's empowering. There is no negative information. There are things you can see that are bad to bring in, 
you know, like bad media, for example, uh, or a bad movie or something that, you know, you wasted your time on. And it's about wasting your time. But empowerment, information that empowers you, shows you something that, that you, you didn't know and makes you um, take a double look at your reality. And so that is how this show goes. It go, deals with truth. And I will take callers um, maybe a little later in the show here. So if you want to hold on and if you want to call in to Channel Down Radio, the number is 347-324-3342, And I will take callers at the end. And I have found that really uh, Blog Talk Radio, at least that um, so far doing this show, uh, I have gotten nothing but trolls, hardly any good callers, and the worst callers I've had on, I've heard pretty much on, on any radio show. I don't get many, and the ones that I get are just some idiots, uh, you know, calling and have nothing to say, you know, um, and yeah, I'm I'm not really uh, <clears throat> that keen on taking calls because of that information. But if you're uh, you know a real have real things to say at the end of this, yeah, we, we can talk them and and uh, chant it down together. So there there is that. But I'm gonna kind of ignore the calls for now and uh, get on to the information. Last episode, I went into the creator of the television and how the Tavistock Institute of London got involved by fun funding of, of the Rockefellers, or or I call them Rockefellers, as I like to call them. They like to have their feelers over everything like, like cockroaches, basically. Uh, and the Tavistock is evil geniuses who studied the human brain, human behaviors, and way beyond anything you could even dream of learning at a university. They, you know, they know the... the the human to the T. They know uh, because of their study in human psychology and oh, just just how the brain works, and and they know how our brains tick. And this is not a recent thing at all. I'm talking about the 1920s before even television was well, it's barely invented. And they they figured well, they took control of this entire world basically. And and so I'm here to shed a more light on that, and I'll make it as I don't want to make it boring, you know, because some of this information is kind of just factual stuff. But as I go through it, you know, this is like the foundation of your brainwash, the foundation of of your your um, your your thought processes. And incredible. So the Tavistock they figured out that early on, before the TV was widespread at homes, that the brain begins to produce alpha waves after 30 seconds of watching TV. And alpha waves put you in a light hypnosis. And the same goes for your smartphone and, and any sort of screen device you have. When you're, when you're watching it and looking at it, you're, you're falling into a light trance and unaware of the, abil- of the things going on around you. I'm surprised more people don't get pickpocketed uh, in places where they're busy texting on their phone in this large urban area. I mean, maybe they do, and I don't know a lot about it because I don't do that kind of thing. But uh, as far as, like, stand in the middle of a large urban area and try texting, you know. But, yeah, it it, uh, takes your, your concentration away from everything else. You're just trapped in this little phone, which I've gone over and talked about. But, um, I mean... Imagine the modes you go through driving and texting. Yeah, I, I don't like to do that, but sometimes I do, and it's, it's stupid. Um, but, yeah, maybe like a stoplight or something, but, yeah, or even you read it as you're driving. Uh, you you go from driving mode, which is kind of a fight-or-flight mode, right? You're surviving, to alpha state on and off. And 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 that's just another small little contributor, contributor to the reason why people are going more insane, <laughs> because you're going in these little modes. And it seems harmless, but it's all this that seems harmless. And that's, that's the, the thing we've got to get over is the little things are harmful, and it's not being paranoid. It's being aware and understanding the little things that contribute to, to the condition that we're in today, which is not good, of course. So uh, let's see. Um, who was the founder of the Tapestock Institute? It was Major John Rawlings of British Intelligence. And he, he um, from the very beginning, it, it was the Tavistock Institute was intended as a 
coordinating center for uh, planetary social control using what they quote-unquote psychological shock troop masterminds in human psychology spread amongst the planet, infiltrating organizations in order to implement policies for their agenda. So, so these, these, these psychological shock troops, as they called, um, are spread amongst the planet and infiltrating little organizations here and there, you know, and, and uh, maybe even innocent organizations. But when they got their guy in there, you know, then, then uh, they can, you know, put policies for their agenda. John uh, Rawlings claimed, quote, public life, politics, and industry should be all be within our sphere of influence. If we are to infiltrate the professional and social activities of other people, I think we must imitate the totalitarians and organize some kind of fifth-column activity. We must aim to make it permeate every educational activity in our national life. We have made a useful attack upon a number of professions. The two easiest of them naturally are the teaching profession and the church. The most the two most difficult are law and medicine. Well I don't know about that. I think they've covered all that today, but this is back then. I mean, uh, you know, sure. Uh they but, you know, listen to what he has to say. If we were to infiltrate the professional and social activities of other people. So, in other words, they, they're going down all the little aspects of society as controllers, you know. Put, put their guy in, in the education system. Put their guy in, in the entertainment industries of different sorts and, and so on. And things that we get fed information by. Make sure their guy's in there to, to, make, to make their agenda happen. Uh, what are you saying that the two most difficult are law and medicine? Well, I, I think they've done a pretty good job now. I mean, since then, I think they've done an exceptionally good job. Look at, look at how law has been infiltrated. I mean, every corporation and celebrity and, and government and p- politician is able to get out of any situation. And, and medicine, no problem with the medical industry. I mean, everyone's flawed to train. Uh, everyone's on pharmaceuticals and, and you know, uh, like the school system is is flawed from from its inception because it's it's uh training people in certain ways to suit the system's version of health i I would highly recommend listening to episode twenty one which is one of the system tentacles I called the wealth industry as in the health industry because really it is about wealth, not health and um uh, that one didn't seem to get a lot of listens I remember back in the day, which I think it has a lot of good information to go over that with but yeah i mean the the health industry just going on a limb here. I mean, uh, yeah, they definitely won that one over. I, I had some neighbors once, uh, a mother and a daughter, and they were both nurses. They lived together, and uh, both were overweight by quite a bit, and they both would smoke cigarettes all day on their front porch in their nurse outfits, and they'd eat bottom-of-the-barrel food, including McDonald's, and would even get in yelling matches about money I could hear, you know, and, and and these women represent health, you know, these people are, are, you know, if they represent health, then you know we're in trouble, <laughs> way in trouble, and why would you, you trust an industry like that? So, yeah, they've done a pretty good job, all right, but uh, anyway, you know, back on track here. At the core, the Tavistock consists of Freemason British intelligent agents collaborating with Hydra heads, like, you know, the Greek monster that had many heads, collaborating with Hydra heads of world psychiatry to achieve two goals. One goal is a one-world order where the nation-state has been abolished and a single control center established. Well, you know, if you know anything a little bit about the truth and the New World Order, I think you can... uh, you can uh, figure that one out pretty easily. And the second uh, goal is the simultaneous psychological control of the world um, using the term psychiatry. Psychiatry. So um, that would be, of course, the media in which to get you there. And I got these expert excerpts from um, I got them from John Coleman's great book, The Tavistock. America's best kept secret, and I think it's a must read along with other commit, others like uh, the Committee of Three Hundred, 
and um, I would say those are important books that should be on the shelf of any truth speaker and should be given to anybody who doubts that a few control the many. These are good foundational books to start with and, and understand the, the look from an insider. The guy's still alive today, and maybe I'll try to get him on the show one of these times. I think it would be useful. Uh, so John Coleman, you know, he's, he's fairly old now, I think. But, yeah, he still has a lot of good things to say about that. And he says here, Tavistock invented what you should believe. It is no accident we have become victims of future shock in the long crisis, a battle for your soul. Ego is mental structure, not a separate entity from soul. Whether you view it psychologically or spiritually, soul is structured through ego, development with mental forms, words, and images. It can also be fragmented with them. We lose our soul when we lose our dreams. Well, I think that's pretty cool. I, I'm I'm not sure if I agree with you know everything written there, uh, but I I see the points and um, you know being an autodidact and very important to do when when reading any information and from hearing just the information from me too. But um, yeah, I, I would say ego is a mental structure. Uh, I think <coughs> it can be separated from the soul, but. What he's saying here is uh, the soul is structured through ego development with mental forms, words, and images. So you're changed, changed by it and fragmented by that. And then, you know, the, the fact is that we lose our soul when we lose our, our dreams. And yes, I would say so. Disney, let us capture your imagination. All, all of people, you know, that a lot of people don't have dreams of becoming somebody great or greater than they are today. And that's sad. I've always had that myself, maybe uh, just blessed, uh, just a gift. I don't know. But a lot of people I meet don't have that drive to becoming somebody great or greater. So they've lost their dreams. And who took their dreams? I would definitely say the tell lie vision. And what he's saying, what you should believe is put in place and you have a great many sheep watching the tell live vision to help you help remind you of what you should believe and if you don't you're outcasted by even your own loved ones so so it's all put in place you know and and it's the the sheep dogs bossing the sheep and people you know go outside your own loved ones are like worried about you because you don't believe in in the the mainstream of things so it goes on to say, Tavistock began with research on shell shock or post-traumatic stress propaganda and, and applied mind control. I, I would suggest they put in little shockers here and there. And, and what it does is it, it gives us trauma in the subconscious somewhere, which when, then we're vulnerable in, in that state of mind for propaganda and mind control. Um, I would, I would also suggest we all have PSD to some extent. Um, I mean, I remember as a little boy, I saw a really scary movie, and for probably months or even a year after that, I mean, I was only like four years old, I would, sh you know, shake the bed to sleep because I was completely scared, and I didn't understand, you know, there was just something shocked me. And these are little shockers, but when you're little, you uh, you're more sensitive because you're new to this world. We get we get. Uh, I mean, that's a great thing to think about is we get desensitized, and that's not a good thing. We actually should be those little babies as adults, as far as sensitivity to this world and and the craziness to it and the many layers that have been been molded over and grown over to give you this sort of tough rhino skin when in reality that's not who we need to be at all but uh you know little shockers they're talking about and it can be like twisted images or perversions of the truth but inching your way away from what you know is right to accepting something that may not have felt right at first but 
you got used to it, and it stretched your threshold just a tad bit further of what you accept or not. And that that's how how they do it, little tad bits. And, and watch how I get into a little bit later here. I'll come back to that because um, the little bits, the little the little journey along the way of pushing the envelope of what you you can mentally handle. So so here a little short list of Tavistock's fellow globalist institutions includes the Rockefeller Foundation, CIA, MI6, SRI, Brookings, Rand Corporation, Club of Rome, Council on Foreign Relations, IMF, PNAC, which is the project of the New American Century. If you haven't read that before, that will uh, reveal a lot to you. Uh, Pilgrim Society, Wharton School, NASA, and World Bank. Yeah. Just those guys. Don't worry about it. You know, just just those guys. Yeah, some of the usual suspects, right? Oh, and then the Wharton School. I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up. The Wharton School is a prime, a private Ivy League school that all kinds of CEOs have come from, investors in entertainment, etc. And of course, fits right in, right? So, so uh, of course, the usual players, and you know, those guys don't have any influence on your life. Hmm. All right. Right on. I like this too. Multimedia quietly changes our thoughts and opinions, creating a mashup of fiction and reality. Uh, quote unquote friction that rubs everyone the wrong way. The magic circle of the hypnotic primetime television schedule holds all in its restrictive spell of dominion with celebrity ringmasters. We stare blankly, blankly enthralled with the train wreck of intelligence and common sense. Intelligence and common sense. And, yeah, that I like that because it goes over a lot of things here that uh, <clears throat> make quite a bit of sense, you know. Uh, remember what I've said in the past, the truth mixed with the lies. Intelligence fits logical truth, but what it does is it never asks if it was right. So if you idolize someone on TV, then you'll take the lies mixed with common sense. You know, why, why would they lie to me? You know, you know that's because you. What people do is they 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 find these these media people, whether movie stars, TV show hosts, sitcom stars. You know, whoever, athletes, and they idolize. This is a very dangerous thing when people idolize these people because you get this fragment of who they really are. And then you find out they're really child molesters or something later. But, uh, you, you know, um, they, they begin to trust them. You begin, you begin to trust them maybe more than even your own family. Oh, they wouldn't lie to me. Why would Dan rather have lied to me? You know, he he was so, such a good news Host, you know, why would he lie to me? It's like, you know, yeah, well, you don't understand the organizations these people are involved with and and the useful idiots they they are. And it 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 rubs you the wrong way. So you know he was saying like uh, a friction that rubs everyone the wrong way. Well, it rubs you the wrong way, but you can't, you watch it anyway. And and uh I, I would say that that happens with a lot of movies, too, that are disturbing. But, you know, they, you go, well, okay, I'm just going to continue watching. Ooh, that was disgusting, but okay, I'm going to continue watching. So research into the use of microwave weapons and their use for mind control, psychotronics, began in the 1950s at the Tavistock Institute, one of Britain's leading psychiatric research establishments. The UK Institute was researching into ways of mind-controlling the British population without them knowing. Its main U.S. branch is the University of Michigan. The same principles were used to create pop culture and counterculture, so even societal rebellion is a programmed trend to channel and discredit opposing energy. Let me read that last part of that again. The same principles were used to create pop culture and counterculture, so even societal rebellion is program is a program trend to channel and discredit opposing energy. And so here you have um, 
the use of microwave weapons and well, ways of mind controlling not just the British population, but every population without them knowing. The prison without the bars. Again, what I call barcode slavery. You, you don't know that you're being controlled because you're given a large scheme in which to choose from, but it's still the in the hands of the control. And so, for example, with the societal rebellion and um, counterculture, uh, the hippie generation was started by social engineers at the top, some working for different Tavistock institutions. They had organized crime, given, give LSD to the campus kids at anti-war rallies, and experimented on the population. And you know, dovetail that with the Laurel Canyon hippie conspiracy, and if you have you know, look that up, and you got at least most of the reason that all that ever happened. And it's, it's hard for a lot of people to accept this because it seemed like some sort of organic thing, right? And maybe there was some small organic thing to this upheaval, but it was taking control of it. And that's what they do. They take control of a rebellion, and they, and they U-turn it into something so they don't get anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not just the TV. It's, it's the entire media. You know, you get little bits from, from magazines, from music, and um, ways they can put it all together. People can put it all together in their head. So it, it seems like all these disconnected organizations, but they're all giving you some supplements to creating a, creating a, a perspective out there. And then everybody else is doing it and everybody follows. So, But I had a, a side note, you know, on LSD I was thinking... I wonder if it really worked the way they wanted it to. I mean, um, the fruits of LSD are actually, I think, pretty good. Um, and um, I, of course, have used before. And if it's it's real good LSD, it actually opens your mind and grows consciousness if used in the right context. And it seems like crack or something like that would have worked much better in destroying uh, a rebellion than LSD, but I guess it was just experimentation, but the, the fruits of, of expanding consciousness, uh, well, actually seem pretty pretty uh, pretty good. Um, I wouldn't do LSD anymore because I don't trust a chemist. I, I don't even know any, uh, but yeah, all, all I'm saying is it helped hippies to see the truth in consciousness matter better, but again, um, this whole thing whether it was completely inorganic or partly organic, where did it go now? What has it done? And that's that's what we need to take, be taking a look at. It's, uh, so yes, um, they are there are they are those who control society, societal rebellion, and they are the ones that really carry this out. And and back then, uh, the research they were saying of microwave weapons. I would suggest that all our little devices and computers, TVs, are microwave weapons. And, of course, HARP and all the metals and fibers collecting in your body from the spray on the sky. Uh, I mean, today we are way, way more controlled and uh, neutralized by these weapons. I mean, they're all around you, you know. So... Back then, what they used, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, today, microwave weapons are everywhere. You don't have to view them as weapons, but your cell phone, your your um, your HD TV boxes, and all this is all weaponized in some degree, or can be your computer even. So, um, I was thinking, you know, when I well, when I was going over this about societal rebellion and countercultures. Well, how about the wannabe gangster movement in America? You know, early, early 90s to at least mid-90s. And it seems like there's nothing written about it, so I guess I'm kind of pioneering here. I, I don't know. Maybe there is. I just never found anything. But um, a little back story to this is as crime was boiling over in the inner cities, especially in, in America, in New York, in L.A., the crack epidemic had depleted the, these communities. 
And, of course, if you go into the crack epidemic, again, it comes back to this the same force uh, um, coming from the Iran-Contra era. George Bush Sr., as head of the CIA in the 80s, and, and even before that, I think, uh, importing mass cocaine into America via the MENA airstrip in Arkansas, uh, allowed by then Governor Bill Clinton. And so that should be that should sell it for all of those out there still believing in voting for president. They're selected, not elected. And I'll say that again. They're selected, not elected. Get it out of your brains that you have these choices. This is, again, the same sort of prison without the bars. You're given choices within a small spectrum. And why do you want a leader anyway? We, people need to get take it steps further, but that goes off topic on the show. But, yeah, I mean, come on. You know, these guys all involved in the same thing? Hmm. Yeah, look at the, the elections coming up. You got a, a Clinton and a Bush running again. And, you know, I mean, come on. People, wake up. This is one of the most retarded things I see in society. But, anyway, sorry, getting off track here. Uh, but crack was back on, um, you know, it was manufactured and, and first implemented into um, South Central Los Angeles to a quote-unquote school teacher, if you ever get into this story, and then given uh, to Ricky Ross, um, and check out that story too, and, and that whole story, and even the writer of that book was actually um, taken out, uh, forgot his name off the top of my head, but that whole story has had some light, but yeah, it always needs more. But so, I know this is sort of off topic, but it, but it does tie in. So, so crack and crime was this new drug economy, and, and it spilled the crime everywhere. It, it was in the news a lot, I remember. And so, so then, about 1992, Boys in the Hood came out. And suburban America was given a, a window, like kind of a, a door open to look into the hood. And at that time, gangster rap was getting ever more popular everywhere and so then boys in the hood came out and my thinking is that the record labels the news previous movies like colors and had baited the populace for the big ball to drop and that was boys in the hood it was suddenly popular to be a gangster i I witnessed kids i mean this is this is hilarious really i remember i witnessed kids in a store once buying blue or red bandanas, choosing to join the Bloods and the Crips because they like one color better than the other. Let's see, I kind of like red, yeah. That would be good on me. I'm going to be a Blood. You know, as if that's a real choice, as if that's an option when you live in the inner city and your block or area is is run by one side or the other. And 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 it was insane. You know, kids walking around with rags sticking out of their pockets. This was never a part of their upbringing. But this just shows you how strong the media is, how, how, how fooled people can get by just all this together and, and, an, and an unthinking, unquestioning mind. I mean, I remember once I went to a small farm town. I think it was in Washington State, um, and I, and a white kid, came up to me and he called me the N word, and he walked with a fake, pimp limp, and and you know I was just like, this has just gone so far, unbelievable. You know, so many fakers, so many, so many actors, in in and so many people that cling to this that their act went into, they forgot they were acting and they became. These, these characters, which they never needed to be. And I, I actually uh, would say that even goes into when I was work, when I was doing underground hip-hop. You know, there's so many actors and fakers in that, too. People that, that would have never been that way if it hadn't been for the media. So, so, many, so many idiots. So many. Unbelievable. But what I'm talking about here is mass mind control. You know, who told you that was cool? And and, of course, the answer to that is not just as simple as Boys in the Hood. You know, that movie was the catalyst. But it was little bits here, little bits there. You know, listen to a little NWA, a little Ice Cube, and then see them on a magazine. 
watch a lot of TV, news here, news there, uh, someone talking about this or that, and then all of a sudden, this is cool. I think, and, and I think it was a, a, I do, I think it was a social experiment, and, and some people never left this. I mean, this just happened to me yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm uh, on a different part of the island, it's more rural, and I've seen this guy around before once, and he's obviously not from here. First of all, he's a white guy, just talking, and he talks like he's a black guy, uh, wears his hat, you know, crooked. He, he, I think he thinks he's Tupac. He's drinking his 40 out of a bag, and he's wearing his black baggy overcoat and clothes. And mind you, this is Hawaii. I mean, right now, I just checked the, it says in here, it's 96% humidity in my in my room I'm talking to you in. And it's summer here in Hawaii, so every day is around 90. So he, this guy's wearing black, and he's doing that. And so he's talking out the side of his neck. So obviously his girlfriend, or whatever it was, kicked him to the curb because she dropped him off at this point and with a suitcase and a bunch of crap and then left. And, and then he's like, bitch, you know. And I was just like, wow, this guy never came out of the, the programming that was never part of his organic upbringing. I guarantee you, you know, because he was he was about my age before, before you know this whole propaganda came out. Kids weren't like that. They weren't like that because the media didn't feed that. That's how strong this is. That's how powerful media is. And and of course, that's why the rise in crime everywhere, unnecessary violence, and unnecessary dysfunction, and the overall degradation of a whole generation of people and and what a bunch of wasted lives and so what i just explained to you is predictive program it's one of the tactics used on on you by the media also social engineering trend programming and we're going to explore all this but first let's go back and take a look at how the tell live vision has sculpted the generations of people and degraded the respect morality and the family unit itself which i've kind of already gone over but still it's unbelievable what ha- i can't it's just it's staggering how controlling this is that your thoughts are not your thoughts because you were raised by a, mach- a machine you were raised by a hypnotist on a screen and bits and pieces of media here and there that showed you to be the person you are, and you'll argue to the death by these standpoints, which you don't even know are if are true or not. That's how our society is. That's how backwards people are. And I, I like this little quote right here. There will be, in the next generation or so, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears. So to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire society so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing, or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Aldous Huxley, Tavistock Group, California Medical School, 1961. So, see where I'm going with this? That is... <laughs> that is pretty much describing today's people. I mean, <clears throat> couple that with pharmaceuticals themselves, couple that with you working every day so your mind's not clear, couple that with uh, the wrong foods you eat, and we pretty much do have a, a a population that loves their servitude. We have a painless concentration camp, the prison without the bars, bars for you know entire societies. So, yeah, people in fact love their liberties being taken away from them. I.e., nine eleven, uh, when you know, the Patriot Act came in, people basically cheered it on. And, and and the thing is, is when the body scanners came out, people were like, well, we need to be safe. We need we need this. We, we, and they gladly take it because of the fear and the propaganda and brainwashing. 
And and so yeah, that that's what has happened in in recent days, recent times. And you have to kind of just take a few steps back because it you can talk to people about this stuff and they'll usually go, "Well, I don't have anything to hide." And you go, "Well, that's not the right thing to be saying because maybe you don't have anything to hide. It's not about hiding something. It's about taking away your privacy, your rights, and see people are gladly accepting and rather enjoy it, you know, and distracted from any desire to rebel because of propaganda and brainwashing. And so this is basically where we're at today. And that was written in 1961, so <clears throat> that wasn't that long ago, really, when you think about where we're at now. So, yeah, <clears throat> so here we are in 2015, and, uh, well, you take a look. You see where you're at. You see where things are at. So I'm going to go into a little bit more here, and I don't think I have a whole lot of time left on this show, so I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more here, but let's let's get into a little more here. Let, let me just throw out a little disclaimer, because um, after you hear some of this information, those out there programmed in certain ways will easily take this the wrong way or another. So I'm going to just kind of give out a disclaimer now. So, you know, if you're tuning in and, and you think, you know, you just hear something, you understand at least that I'm coming from where I'm coming from here. Because I'm not a conservative. I'm not a preservationist. You know, I, if you've listened to me at all, you know where I sit. I chant down the entire system. So when I go over the loss of morality in this world. I'm not coming from a perspective that's an archetype out there, all right? So, in other words, I'm not coming from a a religious point of view, a belief system that you know exists, because that's programming for you to label right off bat, because here I am a free thinker, all right? So I have, you know, and, and in my personal life, I have lots of fun in the world. But just remember that they have, they have hijacked fun and weaponized it over the years. So it's not that I don't have fun, but when I take a look at this information and I talk about it, it can easily be people saying, well, you must just be some grumpy hermit in in the room. No, you know what, I have, when I'm not on the radio, I have just as much fun as everybody else, if not more fun, because I know that we need to enjoy our lives as much as possible in the barcode slavery that we exist within. So, but uh, just know every school of thought has mixed truth with lies. Sift the truth. There, there is such thing as truth, and there is such a thing as morality. So um, there is a rhythm of earth, and we have drifted so far that truth seems foreign. So people are brought up with, um, are not brought up with morality. Um, or respect anymore And there is right and wrong Morality is something that exists It is not something you make up It's it's something that's natural It's out there and, and it's something that you can explore And discover yourself But it's being being destroyed by design Before TV People knew what was right and wrong More so, you know And they cared what was right and wrong that's an important thing. They cared what was right and wrong. You know, first it was innocent. Because when you look at, like, the first TV programs, when, when TV became this major thing in people's houses, it was innocent. I mean, fa- family structure intact was the societal norm on any show you watched, whether it was I Love Lucy, Leave It to Beaver, Car 54, The Ed Sullivan Show. You know, people were able to identify with these shows because it was regular life. And even if it was something crazy and, and abstract like the Munsters or the Adams Family, they were still portraying respect for each other, manners, and still cared for what was right and wrong and promoted family. I mean, you know, um, what are the kids in the Adams Family? You know, they might be pounding nails into each other or, or something, but they still have show respect for their parents. I don't think they really did that. But, you know, something kind of crazy. Like, um, anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Is it promoted family. 
So this, it was a slow evolution of corruption, and that's always how it is. It's like anything, you know, it's a slow, slow evolution of, of corruption, you know, whether it's, you know, you start at one point and then you end up at the other and you're like, whoa, how did that happen? But, you know, that's the what David Icke calls the totalitarian tiptoe, and I fully agree. So that was kind of like the 50s, you know. By the 60s, though, things started to change. Um, families gathered around to watch the news depicting a changing social climate and growing hostility toward an oppressive government. And Americans began to get more news from the television than the newspaper. Very dangerous right there. The United States, too, became obsessed with space travel. Everything, everything sold had a, a space-age edge, especially televisions. Everyone gathered to watch shuttle launches and moon landings. Televisions became more portable and affordable. And I would suggest that, you know, you might take a look into uh, the possibility of a faked moon landing. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about that exactly, but it's something to, you know, consider. And, uh, yeah, so so uh, people were completely consumed by this, this machine by the 60s. It, it is estimated that 75 million people watched the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. And then you have the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War is the first war conflict conflict to be televised. Um, and uh, that, well, that was a big deal at the time, the Vietnam War. And so it was the first one that they could really, you know, trick you with, the first war. Because World War II was earlier and, um, you know, just newspapers, but then the television. I mean... It's pretty funny and, and crazy to look back that doctors legally advise cigarettes on television. And then and then in movies, too. Uh, movies, a, a slow ramping up went from movies almost everyone could watch to some material being unsuitable for kids. So they made the MPAA rating system in 1966. The first R-rated movies were Virginia Woolf and Blow Up, and later they incorporated a few movies like Psycho that had already been out that really needed a rating because it was, you know, definitely some some uh, mature subject matter. So back then, R-rated was nobody under 16, and there was X-rated films which had more nudity and violence, and nobody under 17. And there, then there was a rating called GP, which is now PG. I forget what that stood for. But watch the transition as I go through in a little bit here. And this is, you know, it's small, but it's just an example of how things have ramped up. Uh, the first direct-to-broadcast satellite television was launched in 1972. So then you have more brainwashed choices than ever before. So... You're given that bigger selection, like I was talking on the last episode, how they give you choices so you don't feel like you're in a controlled medium. 1970 to 72, they raised R-rated to X-rated standards, then X to the next level. 1972, so in other words, they... they, uh, I think it was no one under 18 for X-rated, no one under 17 for R-rated, right? And then 1972 to 1984, they changed GP to PG. Okay, well, I don't know. But 1984, Steven Spielberg suggested a new intermediate between PG and R, and of course that's PG-13. See, PG-13 is a great place where they can throw subliminals, and it's where you can bring the whole family, in a way, almost. I mean, you can. Uh, and everyone gets entertained. All all the big blockbusters are all PG-13, and sometimes they push things to the very limit, really, some of these movies. Uh, some of these movies could really be rated R, and some of these movies might almost make the original X rating in the 60s. So, see, the progression here. And the X rating was... Uh, later changed in 1990 to NC-17, which we have today. So 
X is no longer a rating. Sounds cooler, though, doesn't it? Instead of NC-17. But anyway, uh, rated X. Yeah, so I'll come back to that X rating probably in the next show. That's important. But uh, running out of time here. What do we got left for the time? Four minutes. Okay. Well, here, let me just wrap this up real quick here, and then I'll take any callers if there's anybody who'd like to call into Shannon Out Radio, 347-324-3342. So, anyway, see, see the evolution of what they have done. I mean, see, see how they've taken this, uh, subjected us to more than ever. You know, only, only 50 years with the movies getting this rating system, and it's a slow turn-up-the-burner style and throwing at us more and more trauma and more and more images that our minds are not quite ready for. So, so they know that they can do this, and and it's um, part of a design. You know, you can't you can't just bring out a device to people and start showing th- these disturbing images. It takes it takes time. So, as this evolution has gone, and I'm not saying that a movie with all these things, violence, nudity, and stuff, is necessarily bad. What I'm saying is the population has been subjected to more and more disturbing images over the years, and it has done something to the subconscious. It's all the subconscious where we need to be looking at, not the actual physical world that you see in everyday life. We need to be looking at what it's doing to the rest of everything. So I think that's a good place to stop for this episode here because next episode I'm going to get into much more of the... the uh, the degradation of the human through media, as I have already, but a lot more of it, and get into MTV, porn, um, you know, some of the things that are out there that have really um, warped our minds and created a society today that's easier than ever to control. Well, if you would like to call into Chan Down Radio, 347-324-3342, I will take a callers uh, at, you know, if you want to call in. Otherwise, next show, if you want to catch me, I'm, I'm going to probably do a random show in between now and Thursday and possibly another show on Thursday. If not, at least one more show before I'm off the air for a little while and doing my little things that I need to do to get uh, life done and uh, then I'll be back on again. I hope you enjoy Channel Down Radio, and I hope it's helping you and helping your friends and family out there that there is truth, and there is things we, we need to go to to find the truth in order to find our path out of this crazy mess. Um, there will be lots of great guests on Channel Down Radio in the future here. I'm, I'm working on it. Timing is very difficult living in Hawaii because we're kind of way out here and late in the world so but it'll happen and i know i say that a lot but it will it will happen and i've had great guests on the show so check out you know a variety of the of the archives i have out there website coming will be more organized and everything else so everybody have a great day warrior warrior understand everyone
Rose, you get farther. Mountain streams and warm ocean water. Boundaries, my focus is stronger. Boundaries are broken in progress. How you think depends on how caught up. Doubt your dreams defeat your high calling. Boundaries high within the green forest. Now it's time for us to move toward it. Outright here, you know you get farther. People beyond. Are you awake now?